Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Love and Real Estate. I am your girl, uh, Danielle, your local realtor, and I'm here with my co-host, D-Money. My husband there, and um, so this part of the part of the podcast, we wanted to just kind of share um, more about the love aspect, and I think you had an article that you wanted to discuss. Yeah, so I found something on a site called divorce.com. There's actually a site called that's dedicated to divorces. But uh, it's an interesting article though. It said, this is the 13 most common reasons for divorce. Oh. So what I wanted to do, I know you haven't seen this article yet. I wanna go through each one of these 13 reasons. Okay. And I wanna get your opinion on it. Okay. And then I also wanna get, what I want you to tell me if it's something that we really need to be on the lookout for, right? I know we've been married for almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to see if this is the reason, if this is something that we should be on the lookout for or something that we should be concerned about. Okay. All right. You ready? All righty. All right. So the first one, too much conflict, incessant arguing. Mm, I can see that being a cause for the divorce. Um, I guess it would depend on what your definition of excessive arguing is or conflict. I, I, I don't think we do that. We do argue, but we don't argue excessively, excessively yeah, right? Exactly. And that can be very annoying. Yeah. And you don't want to come in from work and just start you just arguing. yeah start arguing, man. That's yeah. not the kind of life to lead. Now I do know there are some couples that argue every day. I mean, I have some people in my family they just go back and forth for arguing. I mean, that's kind of it makes up the the foundation of their relationship. Actually, I wow. think if they weren't arguing, they probably wouldn't be communicating. But between me and you, no, I, yeah. I wouldn't enjoy that at all. Okay. Yeah. So is that something we should be worried about? No. All right. Number two is lack of commitment. And before you say anything right now, I know on my end, I have full commitment. So Ooh. this is not my problem. <laughs> okay. Um, I got full commitment. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. So I don't think it's something that, you know, is a red flag or a worry for us. Um, you know, maybe for others out there, if you're not, um, you know, I guess fully embedded into the relationship, you know, mm -hmm. we go out and do things, you know, when we can and have babysitters with the kids. So I think well, it's we not even that though. You got to be invested emotionally, right? Yeah. And if you're not, you really should tell the other person and it's time just for your sake and the other person's sake to dismantle the relationship. Yeah. Because we're not in it with a full commitment. If you're not anything in life with a full commitment, you're not going to succeed at it. That's true. Right? That's your true. heart's not in it. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I believe that many people actually go through the same thing in life. Um, and it, it's it's kind of sad for whatever reason. It just, the, the commitment kind of breaks down. Yeah. So, you know. All right. So number three infidelity and extramarital affairs definitely now i'm a little I'm a, well definitely i don't know i'm a little scared though because I, I was thinking that you may De say something definitely not us um so not one of our red flag problems but that's definitely a deal breaker for divorce let me ask you a, a question though is it the infidelity or is the fact that you know about the infidelity which one is it Ooh, i think it would be the infidelity because you know you are at least for me I'm, you know, investing my heart, you know, opening up myself to somebody and then that person cheats on me, you know, they are now, you know, giving their space and love to somebody else. Even if it's, well, not even if it's for love, like they just, 
you know what I mean? They've just physically, just right? physically given their self to somebody else. Uh-huh. It's not. But if physically though, if it's, if it's not emotionally, just physically, is it really cheating at yeah. that moment? It yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. Physically, emotionally. Uh, just give yourself it. any other yeah. way. It, it's, yeah. Okay. It's cheating. And my thing is, if you're going to cheat, then you're, you've probably one and two, there is arguing and stuff. There's mm-hmm. that lack of commitment. So at this point, you might as well just go ahead and divorce. Okay, well, let me ask you this. It goes back to commitment. Say you in a fully committed relationship and your spouse has an extramarital affair, but they apologize for it. They're very resentful, resentful for it. And so you have so many years invested into this marriage, right? Did you go to like therapy and stuff? Yeah, what would you do? Would you automatically say this is divorce? You know, or... it depends. For me, it's a deal breaker. That's just me. Well, how many it's years deal, is this a deal breaker? Deal if, you're breaker. Over, if you're over 10 it's years, is it a deal breaker? It's a deal breaker. What about over 20? It's a deal breaker. So you got so much invested in them, breaker. though. You got you know, finances that's tied together. You got lot, kids. I watch a lot of, you know, you know me. I watch yeah. a lot of my housewives and reality show, mm-hmm. uh, which could be made for a great podcast one day for us. But there's plenty but, of them out there. Yes. But one of the cast members on the show, that's she, she holds by that. You cheat, it's a deal breaker for her. I'm a, I feel the same way, even with the time. Now, I do know there's couples out there mm-hmm. and people that, you know, there may have been some in, infidelity or something. They work through it. They go to counseling and they're, you know, trying to, you know, they're fully committed. They're doing the work okay. to stay married. Yeah. So it, it may work for people. I'm not knocking it for me. Mm-hmm. It's a deal breaker. Well, let me ask you this, though. Let's go, let's go deep for a moment, right? Let's go deep. It's a deal breaker, of course, if I have a physical affair or you have a physical affair, right? right. But what if it's just emotional, right? What if it's just even worse? What, what if I'm just like, I'm just going on? Yeah, it is kind of worse. Not that <laughs> worse. What if I'm just going on dates with this person? I just kind of enjoy spending time with them. That's even worse. But we me. haven't did the. Yeah, but, you know, the, but you, you guys, that's kind of like us. If you think about it, when we started dating, yeah. we formed a friendship, mm-hmm. a bond, and we carried that through to where. We've, you know, kind of got over what they say, that seven year hump mm-hmm. of a marriage because at the end of the day, we forged this friendship. Mm-hmm. If you're dating somebody and it's not physical, it's emotional because you're they're giving you something you're missing in your marriage. I, to me, that seems like it's even worse because now you're building a better connection and bridge. Well, it's them. interesting, though, because you can be friends in a marriage but not be physically attracted to each other anymore, right? Yeah. And I want to give you the example of Bill and Hillary Clinton, right? They, they, you could tell they have a deep friendship. They do. They've been together for a long period of time. Hillary helped Bill's career to become president, and Bill helped Hillary's career, uh, career to become senator and always becoming president, right? But, I mean, I read plenty of articles that they don't really have. And this is speculation, right? Nobody knows for sure except them. But they don't really have physical interaction with each other. But it's that. still a marriage. Yeah, but it may work for them. It, it may work. That's I, what I I'm saying. Know. So I guess it's different strokes with different folks, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's a deal breaker, though. Okay, I got you. It's but a deal breaker for me, too. We don't have that problem. Yeah, we don't have that problem. At least, at least I hope we don't <laughs> have that we problem. Looking at you, it's a side eye. We don't have that problem. Okay. You know, as a realtor, you spend a lot of time outside of the house. A lot of hours in the weekend. <laughs> we don't have that Who problem. Who are you spending time with? <laughs> we don't have that problem. Yeah. How do I know you're working, right? Okay. So, number four. Lack of emotional or physical intimacy. 
I don't know if that's ground for a divorce. Oh, not the physical part. I definitely want to say that the emotional part is different. Though. Emotional could be different, yeah. um, but I don't think it's ground for divorce when it comes to the intimacy because you know people go through things. I know, like you know, you can go through life with kids, you know, and different things with pregnancy and you know, kind of other stuff to where it takes you out of that intimacy mode, mm -hmm. physical appearance and, you know, body can take you out of that, you know, int intimacy mode of feeling sexy. Yeah. And then you kind of got to work your way back, but it shouldn't, you know, you work through that, you know, how, however you feel in a space and then you kind of maybe get back to that. Person. Well, I, I, I definitely agree about the physical, right? We all going to get older. Um, our bodies are going to change. Yeah. So the person that you marry is probably not going to be the same person, uh, at least physically, the way they, they, their appearance is going to be the same person 40 years from now, right? Yeah. You're still going to be married to them. Right. The thing that really gets me, and don't get me wrong, physical is very important, and I like getting physical with you. Um, we have three kids, so that's an indication that we definitely get physical. But I will say, though, it's the emotional part. If I come home and I have a bad day at work, or I just want to talk about work in general, talk about life, yeah, things that's going on with me, I have to count on you being there. Yeah. Um. So I mean, yeah, that that's a very big deal. If, if we get to the point where I can't talk to you, or I don't feel love emotionally, then it's just not going to work out. I'm sorry, everybody. You probably hear our kids in the back. That's our youngest daughter crying. And um, we started this podcast. We're not really good at editing right now. So we're just going to continue this and um, just going to continue talking. Something's going on with our daughter. But I'm just going to move to the next one. So number five is communication problems between partners. And Danielle, I think this actually goes back to the intimacy part, right? The intimacy, emotional intimacy and communication are akin to each other, right? We have to be able to communicate. This, it's like in a, in, a, in a friendship outside of a marriage, right? You got to be able to communicate with somebody to be effective. I mean, shit, even with your job, your, the, the relationship you have with your boss is built on communication. The relationship you have with your team members is built on communication. So you definitely need strong communication in the marriage. What do you think? Oh, definitely. I think the communication is probably like the foundation of a healthy marriage, being able mm -hmm. to, I mean, look at us, we started a podcast and, you know, communicating and sharing it now, you know, our love and our passion for things with the world. So I definitely think communication would be key. Um, if you don't have that, I mean, if you're not communicating with your significant other, I mean, Again, it, that can kind of lead to divorce because it, then it would trickle into other things, resentment, you know, you're arguing all the time. So yeah. I think, yeah, communication is another. A, a lot thing. of things, a lot of times too, you don't understand my intentions unless I fully communicate. Yeah. Only because we've been together a long time doesn't mean that you really understand exactly where I'm getting at. Yeah. Or the things that I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Um, for example, as a realtor, you work a lot of hours. My wife has worked a ton of hours. Sometimes she's gone for a lot, especially on the weekends. I'm here with the kids. She's out. But I would like to know exactly what she's doing and the client that she's with. And it's not, it also is for, it's for a safety, safety issue. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also for just kind of relieving me of some stress that you're not doing uh, number four. 
right? <laughs> far as having intimacy with somebody else, right? Or or abducted. Yeah, or abducted. That's going to go back to the safety <laughs> issue, right? Yeah, it goes back to the safety issue. Okay, let's, let's kind of go through this a little bit more, so it'll be quicker. So we got number six, domestic violence abused by a partner or parent. We could skip that all yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm not raised to hit a woman. I would never in my life hit a woman. Deal breaker. Especially never hit the woman that I'm loving. That's yeah. something that's totally whack. I would yeah. never hang with a person that I know is physically abusing their significant other. That's terrible. Yeah, right? I agree. And I any agree. man that hits a woman should get his ass beat. Yeah. But then again, on the converse, though, a woman should not be hitting a man either. I agree with that, too. Yeah. I agree. And you know, it just, we'll just put a plug, you know, yeah. if you're any in any of those situations, you know, the best course is to get out and seek help. And just to let you know, too, if you are going through domestic violence, there is help out there. Please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or 1-800-787-3224. Do not stay in a relationship where there's domestic violence. It will not get better. It will only get worse. Please love yourself first. Amen to that. All right. So number seven, opposing values or morals. Now, this is the thing. Ooh, How are you going to marry somebody with opposing values and morals? That makes absolutely no sense. Well, you know, there's some people where they come into the relationship with different values and morals thinking that they can change. The person will change. They can do something, they can do something different with their, um, you know, they will change. And it doesn't always happen that way. And so then, you know, they divorce. But they come in thinking that, you know, you could potentially change. All right, so my wife had to um, take my son back upstairs because he came down and interrupted us. But exactly, just kind of picking back in on what my wife was saying about maybe, and I think this is more with women towards men. I don't think it's with men towards women, which I could be totally wrong about that, but women think that they can change a man. That's almost damn near impossible. Unless a man want to be changed. Now, it's a possibility that if you're in a marriage, if you want to marry a guy, he has a drug addiction, right? Well, if he comes to you and express the desire to change, that's a possibility you can help him out through that, right? But more than likely, if a man is not doing that, he's not going to change. So if you have opposing values and opposing morals, if you even have opposing religions, you're not going to come to the same place just because you got married. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It mm-hmm. can be tough. It can, and it definitely can lead to grounds for divorce. Yeah. We don't have that problem. We don't have that problem. So let's go to number eight. Oh, now this is some good one right here. Addiction. Alcohol, drugs, gambling, or sex. That can definitely lead to a divorce. Definitely. All of those things. You know, some of them could probably be worked out with, you know, group therapy or help, especially, you know, addiction or, you know, drugs. Uh, sex i'm not i'm not sure how you know well you got infidelity at that point if you're looking at sex or i mean because if your wife if you think your significant other's not giving throttles and stuff right yeah if you're not giving you (laughs) giving you enough more likely that's gonna lead to infidelity (laughs) right okay um the one that really concerns me it's not the gambling it's not the drugs it's really the alcohol Mm. i think alcohol is probably the most addictive substance in america yeah, and everybody it's so, uses alcohol well, to yeah, numb something. And it's celebrated and it's so readily available everywhere. Yeah. You can't get you can't escape from it. Yeah. It's impossible. Parties. Everywhere. Almost every store you go to, you're gonna have alcohol. Yeah. Right? Um but I do think a marriage can survive an addiction. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Um, but I don't really want to get deep in that because that I really 
I have no idea about. I have yeah. no knowledge of how that works. And yeah, hopefully it's not a problem. We don't have that problem. We don't have that problem. I mean, I'm I'm sipping on this Jack right now, but I do not have an alcohol problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get through this a little bit quicker. So we got number nine: absence of romantic in- intimacy or love. So that kind of goes back to, to the, the other, other one. one. Yeah. yeah. So we can move forward on that. I mean, I, I, I do think that you think, well, let me ask you this question. If you've been married a certain period of time, my parents have been married 41 years. Do you realize that? Wow. 41. I know. They I'm 39. So they got, wow. they had me two years after they were married. They were really when young. I started dating. They were only like at 30. No, I don't think it was that. I think it was in the 20s. Had to have been. No, we've been I together for like 13 years. 32 years at our wedding though. Well, that was right. at the wedding, but yeah. before that, though, yeah. remember, we've been together yeah. before that, wow. so that's a long time, right? Yeah. But th- let me ask you this question then. What if you've been married 40 years, but you don't love the other person? Well, maybe you love them, but you don't like them. But at that point, well, though- can, it, you be, can you love them, but not be in love? That's a good question. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, I don't know. I think, you know- That's a damn good question. I think you do. I think if both people like- you know, we kind of said before, if both people are coming to the table, communicating and working on the marriage. You can stay in love with somebody for a long time. Then again, you could just be with somebody because as, um, uh, you know, my mom has said before with, in relation to some of our family members, it's cheaper to keep them. Well, that's true. It's very cheaper to keep. <laughs> and it probably, it probably so applies I, to my parents. I, I've got, too. Some, it's cheaper I've got to keep some family members in my, on my <laughs> side that, you know, they, <laughs> They may not be the best suited well, together, could, but at this point, yeah. it's you know cheaper. To well, keep you've been in a relationship so long, though, that it it really you can't afford separating, right? Right. But let me ask you this question: So, be, loving somebody versus being in love with somebody—two different things, right? Yeah. For example, when I was coming up, when I was younger, uh, listening to rap music, I love MC Hammer, right? To this day, Hammer's my man, but I'm not in love with his music. Mm. Now, flip side of that, when I was younger, I was really into a tribe called Quest and Tupac, right? But I'm still in love with their music to this day. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. One lasted, the other two, two lasted, the other one different, uh, didn't last, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Hammer as a person. I wish the brother the best. Um, there's only so many times I can, I can listen to, uh, you can't touch this shit. <laughs> I, I, I can't listen to it that many times, right? But with a Tupac can't get around, I can listen to that over and over. I would probably die with that song being played in my funeral, right? Okay. So there is a difference. But do you think something like that can apply to a marriage? Well, you can love somebody, but at a moment at a moment in time, you was in love with them, but now you're not. I think so. But what do you do at that point? Well, I mean, I think it's just, you know, how you... Are you only good at your, uh, at your options? Okay, so what if you've been in marriage, you've been married for 35 years? You love the significant other, but you're not in love with them. And then somebody else comes along that you fall in love with. Well, see, I think that that's that's trickling into some of the other ones. So at that point, you need to, you know, you, you divorce. I mean, there's people that, you know, divorce after, you know, 30 years of marriage. Their kids are off, you know, if they had kids and the two separate, you know, they've grown apart from their significant other. And then, you know, you mm-hmm. just divorce. But you're still friends, maybe because there's the love there. You're just but will not you divorce in love. though? Because you've been there together so many years, and there's an investment there. Yeah. It's. It, I mean, you. 
I, I know that some people they will just say, "Hey, I want a divorce after 19 years. You got sunk costs until that particular significant other, but you just like forget it. I just I just lose it. I lose the investment." I don't see that. I just I, I can't imagine me leaving you. Yeah, I think it goes back to though to the mindset. Like I think I've always thought about like continually to date your partner. Yeah. Like, even if you're married, you still go out and date your partner because that's what keeps it fresh. And let me ask you this question, Danielle. If Usher Raymond came into this house, no, and said no, no not Usher. You got to pick somebody else. Like who? Denzel's kind of old. Give me not somebody. Not Usher. What? Michael B. Michael Jordan. B. Jordan. So if he came into this house and said, um, I want you, I love you, oh. come with me. Will you come with him? Will you go with him? You know, people probably not gonna believe me. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan, fine brother, mm-hmm. but I would not. Cause grass is not always green on the other side. Now he got money, mm-hmm. a lot more money than what you bring into the table. Let's just be honest. That's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I would, it's, I would in my mind, only be jumping ship because of his money and it wouldn't be I, I would probably last maybe a few weeks and then be like okay i need to go back because i don't know if we would be able to communicate and have the friendship that you and i have i'm not gonna throw that away you know what i like to hear that that's very true i think that made me be secure it makes me more secure as a man uh tiana taylor now if she came into this house you better give me the same answer should have said Janet Jackson. Oh, you know I love Janet. <laughs> I don't care how old Janet gets. You know I love Janet. You know what I'm saying? You know what? <laughs> Janet got history, you know what I'm saying? Shit. My dad fantasized about Janet. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, I'm just joking with you. Okay. So, number 10. One spouse not carrying their weight in the marriage. Ooh. Now, this is a big one. This is this a very is a big, big one. one. You know, I come across that a lot, too, in the real estate world with couples. Yeah. Um, either they're not married or they are married. You know, it, when they one person wants to put everything under their name because maybe they, you know, carry more of the finances and the credit and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can get, um, it can be tough in a marriage yeah. to kind of have that balance. But I always look at it as if one person is better suited, then what is the, you know, the other person uses their strength and that kind of counteracts. I think we have that kind of good balance. I like that. I like that logic because, okay, so carrying the weight, when you hear that, you may think economic, right? Yeah. Like maybe this person don't have the job that I have, or maybe he don't have a job at all. Right. Life happens. We right. all get life. Right. Adulting is hard, right? Yep. There could be one spouse may lose their job. The other spouse may keep their job. But I will say that if you have a spouse that lost their job, they're going to have to pick up in other areas, which means that they may have to cook a lot more. Like me. So me and you, for example, I lose my job, right? Mm -hmm. I may have to spend more time with the kids. You know, we got to take the kids out of daycare. We got to save the money. I'm cooking more. You can't lose your job. The benefits are under Well, there we go, right? You can't lose your job, too, but you got certain benefits. But it doesn't mean I got to kick in, right? I do have to hold my weight. Wait, yeah. I I can't just sit on the the couch and do anything. I agree. I think that's what what would keep it. But it is, I mean, a lot of people do divorce for that. And it does cause a lot of problems. They say money is the number one reason for divorce. And it causes a lot of problems in the marriage. But I will say, though, if you're going into the marriage and your spouse is not making enough money, or not the same amount of money with you, um, you know that right off. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So don't don't expect your spouse just to suddenly after you get married 
have like a hundred thousand dollars a year well, job. You know, and that's what I, I tell friends that that are dating too, because they'll date and be like, oh, you know, this person has dreams or they planning on doing this, you know, these dreams and aspirations. I'm like, if it's not happening now, it's going to forever be a dream and aspiration. It is. Like, or if you date somebody because they had that dream and aspiration, it doesn't come, you you know, you dating them for 10 plus years, you marry and they still dreaming and had that aspiration. You should know that going in. They well, had it when you you knew that going in, it was a dream. Well, a lot of that is a game. I mean, there's been plenty of women <laughs> I told in my early 20s, like, hey, well, I'm about to do this with this all game. <laughs> right? As you, as a, as a woman, though, you, yeah, you have to a, recognize that game. Yeah. Right? As an adult. Yeah. Okay. So the next one. Now, there's three more, right? Okay. I will say two of the three, well, all three of them don't apply to us, but two of the three is definitely not going to apply to us. But this one, about to t- the next one is financial problems and debt. Mm. That affects a lot of marriages. Yeah, that's what you just a said. Lot. The money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I know somebody that they were together for a specific period of time. They went to Disney World with us, with my family, and like when you go to Disney World, like in the nineties, right? Shit, it was a very expensive for my family, and we couldn't afford anything. So we wanted like the the food. Or we wanted t-shirts, we couldn't done it done at Disney World. What we had to do was go to the gas stations outside on the highway outside of Disney World and buy clothing and buy food from there because they were cheaper. But they was getting all the clothes, all the food there because they was using their credit card. Well, once they got back home, that debt, they weren't able to pay off that debt quickly. The debt accumulated and they eventually filed for bankruptcy and they kind of killed their marriage. They eventually got remarried years later, but um, they felt into that financial problems and debt. You know, mm-hmm. you just, you got to keep it close and watch out for that because that can really cause a oh, yeah. ton of stress in the marriage. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially if one party is going out, spending the money and the other one is, you know, more financially. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. You remember that movie with oh, Robert yeah. Williams? Yeah. Robert- Last one is a lack of shared interest and incapacity between partners. That's that's a tough one too. I I mean I had a friend. I mean she dated a guy yeah. and you know was engaged, but I didn't see it. I mean there was a lot of additional red flags, but I didn't see it lasting long. Or she was yeah he had proposed and was engaged only because they didn't share any common interest. He liked mm. to play video games and sit in the basement, and she was you know wanted to date and go out and do stuff. But yeah. did she knew that in the beginning? When it was married? I mean, before it was married. It was very rushed. So I don't know if she took the time to really vet it out. I mean, they were dating Mm -hmm. and doing stuff. But then when they moved in together, which was quick, it became very different than I think what she thought. But she stayed. So that's where um, she got in. She didn't get married, though. They were engaged. And then infidelity and affairs and all this other stuff came out. So she dodged a bullet, if you will, with that. But it could have been where she got married and then looked up a few years later and realized they didn't have, you know, they didn't have the, the shared interest of stuff. Together. But we don't have that, though. We have no, very we, compatible interests. Yeah, we do very a lot compatible. of stuff. Show, from TV shows to yeah. things we like to do. All right. All right. Well, so, that's, uh, well, that was a fun list. That that, was there was a fun list, though. I think yeah. that a lot of that stuff really didn't apply to us. Yeah. Thank God, right? Yeah. Well, drop uh, your comments. Let us know what you think about this episode. And um, if you move into the North Virginia area, please look out for my wife. She's a realtor. Can you give your contact information? Yeah, hit me up. It's Danielle 
dot Allen, and that's D-O-N-Y-E-L-L. Another episode, more on the real estate side here. And I have an article for you because I've been running into a lot of um, renters lately. Okay. Especially because of the times we're in with the market. So not a lot of people buying homes? Not a lot of people buying homes. Although I always say you date the rate, marry the house. So always remember that you can, you know, refinance. But Mm -hmm. um, I have some facts here for you and just kind of, this is some of the things that I always like to bring to the forefront and the differences of like renting versus owning. Okay. And so when you're renting, after each rent payment, that money is gone. Because you're paying somebody else's mortgage. Whereas when you're owning, each payment builds your wealth and um, equity. Exactly. Um, Another thing is that with renting, you can't make any changes to the property. Now you can like ask if you could mount things on the wall, you know, hang Mm -hmm. photos and things, but usually you can't, you know, repaint some, you know, you can't really change paint out like that, or you can't change, you know, the way your kitchen looks, you know, Mm -hmm. big construction. You own your home, you have the freedom to renovate to any kind of beautiful dream kitchen or bathroom that you want. True. When you rent, the rental prices can go up with a lease after renewal after renewal. So now I do have a lot of people where I advise if they plan on being in the area and they are gonna just rent, to do a two year lease, a longer term lease, mm-hmm. because then that locks you into that rate. Um, because after a year, if you say, hey, I'm gonna resign, they could say, okay, it's gonna be $50 additional. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're owning your monthly mortgage payments, they stay about the same. So let's, let's slow down a little bit at that point. So if you're renting, but a lot of people don't realize, once you rent a place, you usually sign a year long lease. But after that lease, there's more than likely the, the person that you're renting from is gonna go up on a rent, right? Because of the market, especially right now where you got the high inflation, mm-hmm. it costs, money costs more, mm-hmm. loans cost more, right? If that person is spending money renovating that particular place or other investment properties, they're spending additional cash that they didn't account for. Yeah. And then they're going to try to um, share some of that cost with you. Yeah. So they're going to go up on your rent. The part that sucks is that if you don't want to pay that, you have to go look for a new place, which is probably going to be like around, if you're talking about the same square percentage in the same city, it's gonna be the same amount that the, that the new that your renter is trying to charge you now with the new rent, right? Yeah. So you're not gonna save you got any the money. Cost of boxing up, moving exactly all it's of the that additional mm-hmm. security deposit um, that you have to put down and up yes. front. So it, it will cost you more money in the long right? run. Yeah. Yeah. It's Absolutely. a hassle. So I will say though, I, I like the idea of signing an interior lease. Lease would lock in that rate. Though. Yeah. But so so far, I mean, I kind of like the the, the the idea of buying more than renting. Yeah. Continue. So when you're renting, you're paying a mortgage just that's just not your own. So mm-hmm. most people, when they list their property to rent, they're, you know, taking into account how much their mortgage would be. And you're covering that. If they're in a condo, you you know, they're adding in whatever the condo fees may be. If they're in an HOA, they add that all into the, the lump sum of what the rental amount would be. So then that way, that person's that's renting it, you're paying somebody's mortgage, their whole yeah, fee. Essentially you are though. Yeah. yeah. So then that way they don't have to worry about that payment. You're not yeah, but you also it. though, you don't have the burden of ownership. 
what I mean is that sure. you can leave at any time. Say if you live in here, well, you live in North Virginia, you want to go to um, Kansas for a new job, you could separate from your residence fairly easy. You yeah. can just leave, right? Well, you could sell it. Do the same. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure. And tell you the truth too, if you have a home in this area, you can sell it fairly quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so when you're owning, obviously you're paying down your own mortgage. Again, that goes back to that building your own wealth and equality mm -hmm. um, and equity. And then there's no tax advantages. No, a whatsoever. big one when you're renting. You get the tax advantages when you're a homeowner. Well, I will say this though, as a caveat with that, right? There is tax advantages. The tax advantages were greater before the Trump administration. And, and, and I'm not getting political here. What I'm saying is that under President Trump, what he did is he increased the standard deduction, right? So back in the day, how I worked it, if you are married, uh, you get a standard deduction of maybe 12,000. Well, if you have itemized expenses and your mortgage is included in those itemized expenses, along with healthcare and certain employment expenses, if that's higher than 12,000, well, then you will get that benefit that's higher than 12,000. So say the standard deduction is 12,000 and then your itemized deductions, including your mortgage and everything else is 15,000. You can take the $15,000 deduction on your taxes, not the 12, right? But with Trump, what he tried to do is he basically wanted to make the taxes simp more simplified. So what he did is he increased the standard deduction to like, I believe 24 to 26,000. Don't quote me on the, on the, on the actual amount, but it's, it's around that range. Meaning that everybody's going to get that standard deduction amount if you're married, right? But if you're itemizing, you got to have enough expenses to kind of exceed that. So if you go buy a place now, you have a mortgage, there's a possibility that you may not get the same tax benefits that you would have enjoyed five years ago. Well, you do get it, but you get it automatically with a standard deduction. Everybody gets it, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just going to get it because you because you have a home. home. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Now, I will say there's a lot of homes in this area that are very expensive. Yeah. So you may end up paying a lot of money for your residence, and you may still end up getting the benefit. Benefit, yeah. yes. Yeah, and that, and that is always going to change, too, because you never know with, you know, another change in administration, um, you know, not to get too political, it may go back to what was once before in the market you just never know but well, yeah, you never know yeah i always say if you're going to you know make an investment and it all depends too on the rental amount like if your rental amount is especially in this any area anywhere over the three thousand threshold you know you may be able to afford a place because you know your mortgage is going to be about three thousand you correct. know so why throw that money away now if you're on the lower end you know anywhere from 1900 to or you know 2025 you know it may benefit you to rent um especially if you're a government worker active duty military we have a lot of those in this area where maybe you're only here for the two years um although you do get the va benefit so but it's, it's always good to own something right it, does, it is and when you when you have a mortgage you own a home yeah you have a loan out for that home but you own it right it always trump renting because that home is an asset yeah right and a lot of people get confused by that. They always say, well, how's the home an asset where you have this big mortgage on it? You don't really own a, a good percentage of it. Well, in accounting terms, an asset is a liability plus equity, right? Meaning you have the asset. Now, the other side of the equation is you have a liability, you have equity. When you first buy a home, you have that asset. You're on the other side, you may have a high, high liability a very very minute equity right but you still it's still an asset meaning that 
if you sell that home at a later date and that home appreciates, you will make some money from that mm-hmm. from that asset, right? It will generate income. And I will say that the, the, the great thing about living in a close proximity to DC is that the home values really remain very high, right? And they appreciate greatly, especially now because we have uh, Amazon second headquarters is here. We have Boeing that just moved to North Virginia and it's not counting the the business that's being done in um, Washington, D.C. in the suburbs of Maryland, right? And you've got a lot of great things coming here too. And yeah. I always tell my clients that the closer you get to D.C., the more you spend, but on the property value that you're buying or even if you're going to rent because those are popular areas. But um, if you buy in that area, you're going to, it becomes a great investment because yes. somebody's always going to be renting. I mean, you're going to have renters. Trust me, I work with a lot of them. I understand the need to rent. I'm not knocking it. Um, but if you had the, the flexibility and the financial stability to own a home, owning the, owning that property, that real estate is always going to trump renting. Um, and I always like to let my renters know too, that when you, especially if you're a first time home buyer, mm-hmm. once you close, you don't have your first payment for like a month and a half out. So example being we're in May, say you bought a house and you were to close by the end of May, you don't make your first mortgage payment until July. Mm, so you don't okay. make one in June. Whereas if you rent and you say that you're going to rent um, and move in at the end of May, you pay your security deposit, your prorated days that you have left in May and June's rent right then and there. So hmm. you've got to come up with that chunk of change, which a lot of times leads to, I mean, it's not as significant, but I'll, that could lead to a lot of money that you could almost use.